Where are the investment opportunities in Africa? And Egypt sells a 9.5% stake in Statran Telcom. From over 869 cities, 121 countries, Kush Investments brings you the Good Morning Africa podcast. Good morning, Africa, and welcome aboard your pulse and everything business in Africa. I am Ruth Adong. For more, follow us on Twitter at the K Financial, and you can find me at Ruth Adong. Your main story is brought to you by INM Bank PLC, INM Bank Rwanda. We are on your side. Africa is a continent rich in natural resources and is offering a wide range of investment opportunities. African economies are quickly diversifying and new sectors like telecommunications, consumption and infrastructure are gaining rapidly on traditional sectors like mining. Ryan O'Grady, the Okush Investments, joins us for this episode. Where are the opportunities for investment in Africa? In our view of Africa at present, the opportunities are immense. At Cush Investments, we're focused on creating impact in five areas of the African economy, energy, infrastructure, agriculture, innovation, and financial services. For us, these are all interconnected areas. You can't talk about agriculture without roads to access markets. You can't talk innovation and manufacturing without abundant and affordable energy. And you can't talk about any of these sectors without stable financial services which meet the needs of the population and drive us forward on meaningful levels of financial inclusion, similar to what we've seen in Asia in the past decade. We're coming out of over a decade of investment in infrastructure across Africa, and we recognize that there's still an annualized deficit of over 100 billion U.S. for infrastructure development across the continent. In the past decade, investments in connecting roads, ports, energy, they're all starting to come online. And we're seeing the impact in terms of associated investments that can now be made due to this infrastructure. But we still have a long way to go. Today in Africa, we've got 43% electricity coverage. In the least developed countries, that rate falls to 31%. Globally, we're at 82%, meaning that at best, Africa is halfway to the global average for access to energy. How do we talk about developing strong manufacturing or related sectors of the economy without access to energy? Want to add to that problem? According to African Development Bank, between now and 2035, the demand for electricity in Africa will grow by over 90%. Likewise, we've got 50% of the population in Africa living in slum conditions. How do we move people up the economic ladder if we can't develop sectors of the economy due to lack of energy and expensive or non-existent financial services? Globally, 70% of the world has access to all-season roads. In our poorest countries in Africa, that falls to barely one-third. If you've overcome the challenge of expensive electricity or access to financial services, then how do you get your goods to market if for roughly half the year you don't have access via a road? For us, we look at these challenges as opportunities to create generational and impactful change across Africa and to play our role from the private sector as a catalyst investor to enable continued development in these key sectors. Are there low-hanging fruit opportunities? We look less at the term low-hanging fruit and more at enabling or catalyst investments. For instance, what can we invest in that will enable sectors to develop? Where can we build value chains versus making a singular investment? How can we invest and create synergies to enable others to come along with us and tackle other areas of the value chain to maximize our impact? An example, we're not talking about agriculture in terms of singular commercial farms. We're acting on agriculture in a broader value chain, from commercial farming as a hub to outgrower models supported by microfinance investments 
offtake agreements for GCC partners and elsewhere, and investment with domestic partners to build the value chain from drying facilities, milling facilities, and logistics as examples. At the heart of these strategies is empowering the individual farmer, particularly through women-led businesses, through access to cost-effective microfinance, expertise, and markets, and bundling all of that together. We look not at growing a particular crop, but along the value chain, and particularly on the export angle, to enable better access to foreign uh, currency and to contribute to rebalancing the capital flows, which have long been an economic hindrance to African trade. Likewise, we can't talk about low-hanging fruit without talking about energy. We have a continent where 640 million Africans lack access to energy. We only power about 40% of the continent today. Where we do power, the rates are high. That's not due to gouging. This is systemic, from the cost of borrowing to a lack of refining capacity for domestic crude to the upfront costs of sustainable power investments. At Cush Investments, we're tackling this with our partners in several projects in Africa, where we're investing, for instance, in mini-refining capacity for on-site supplies, which also impacts the issue of currency availability. And we're working with impact investors to bring in more affordable, longer-term capital to invest in green power as the next stage of these traditional power producers to continue to scale up. Overall, our focus is geared to immediate impact to the economy and the ability to lower production costs and thereby lower the cost of electricity for the end consumer. It's essential that we power up Africa in a sustainable manner and that the electricity generated can be done at affordable rates so that looking along the value chain, issues such as manufacturing costs are competitive and targeted to exponential growth. And a quick look at the market. The market segment is powered by the Development Bank of Rwanda. We empower you. The South African Rand weekend passed 19 rand per dollar for the first time since April 2020, amidst deepening concerns about the country's economic outlook because of a prolonged power crisis that could soon get worse. South Africa has been plagued by persistent power cuts since 2008, with the situation becoming more severe in the recent years as the troubled state-owned power utility ESCOM is failing to sustainably provide power. A shortage of generation capacity in South Africa has led to rotational blackouts, which have been implemented for as long as 12 hours a day in the past 16 months. The ongoing power crisis has had a significant impact on the country's economy and productivity, resulting in supply chain disruptions and higher production costs. In turn, a weaker rand reignites upside risks to the inflation outlook, bolstering the case for the central bank to hike interest rates again at its next meeting scheduled for May 25th. And a quick trip around Africa, Egypt sold a 9.5% stake in state-run Telcom Egypt, raising more than 3.7 billion Egyptian pounds, about 121 million US dollars, in a signal to investors that the country is serious about implementing a sweeping economic reform program. The government sold 162 million shares in the telecommunications company, representing a 9.5% stake in the firm. This is according to a filing at the Egyptian Stock Exchange. The shares were priced at 23.1 Egyptian pounds each, according to a separate filing. Egypt plans to offer a further 0.5% for 
companies' employees to buy. The offering, which had been discussed in March, represents a key step in government's plan to sell state assets in a bid to raise sorely needed cash. Officials had outlined a list of 32 companies, including several banks and two military-affiliated companies that were earmarked to be sold. Little progress had been made, raising fears that the country would delay moving ahead with the program. The push is part of a broader effort to revamp Egypt's struggling economy, which has seen the currency devalued three times since March of 2022, a move that has helped secure a three billion US dollar program from the International Monetary Fund. Moody's Investor Service has further downgraded Kenya's long-term foreign currency and local currency issuer ratings and senior unsecured debt ratings to B3. The rating had previously been B2 with a negative outlook. The rating downgrade was driven by an increase in government liquidity risks. Moody also said it is placing Kenya's ratings on review for downgrade, prompted by the risk that the deterioration in Kenya's domestic financing conditions persists amid still constrained external financing options. The review will focus on domestic funding conditions, the cost of domestic borrowing, and the extent to which net domestic financing improves at the expense of a worsening in debt affordability. Moody's also said it expects Kenya's interest to revenue ratio to peak at 28% in the fiscal year 2023 and remain at 26% in the subsequent two years. The downgrade means that Kenya's credit worthiness has lowered in the eyes of both domestic and international lenders at the time the country shopping for the fifth euro bond. To retire the inaugural one taken in 2014, Kenya is expected to make the bullet payment to retire the 10-year sovereign bond whose issuance in 2014 signaled the Jubilee administration's turn to commercial debt to fund the budget. An international body has suspended its certification for two major global tea companies after an investigation into a sexual abuse scandal in Kenya. The Rainforest Alliance announced the move against James Finley and Ekatera Tea Kenya PLC, meaning the tea sold by them can no longer carry the NGO certification. The alliance, one of the major certification bodies for sustainable development products, said it had launched an investigation after a BBC documentary in February highlighted claims of widespread sexual abuse on tea estates in Kenya, one of the world's biggest tea exporters. The decision initially effective for three months means the companies cannot sell or ship products with a Rainforest Alliance certified claim. Thank you for always waking up with us. Good Morning Africa is a product of the K-Financial. If you have any suggestions or just want to check out more stories, visit the website that is thekfinancial.com and don't forget to subscribe. You can also find us on all social media platforms at the K-Financial and you can find me at with the Dome.